Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is your Craft Heads host, Alex. We are on episode 124. I apologize as usual for taking so long to get out the newest episode, but I have to begin this one with a couple updates in that Tommy and I will soon be recording an episode on Resident Evil 8 Village, which just came out on May 7th. We've been playing the crap out of it, and we can't wait to talk about it on the podcast. Because as any friends and listeners know, we're huge Resident Evil fanatics, so stay tuned for that in the near future. And also, we want to give a special shout-out. This is the first time that I have done a post-production shout-out, because I told somebody I would be giving them some love after recording an episode. I have to shout-out the gentleman at The Third Door in Marietta, Georgia. This is an amazing cocktail place on Church Street to go get crafty libations. They have free potato chips, loved that, but they really, they don't do food, it's just drinks. And the owner of their place, her name is Laura. She has more gentlemen in her employ. Drew, the bartender, and Ryan and Cody, the servers that uh, we spoke to. I spoke to all three of them actually. And I just wanted to show them some love and their establishment some love because of what a wonderful experience it was and how great the drinks were. Just a really cool place to check out for all of you Atlanta denizens. And if you're traveling from out of town, definitely worth your time. And don't forget to check out Pauline's Secret Menu, which if you scroll to the bottom of their website on thethirddoor.net, you'll see a little keyhole. They're paying homage to Pauline Sabin, who played a large role in the repeal of prohibition in uh, the 1920s and, and early 30s. In fact, she was on the cover of Time magazine in 1932. So I love the the idea and the roots and the inspiration of the place. They executed it flawlessly. And if you're a crafty boy or girl listening to this podcast and you like a good craft cocktail, go check out The Third Door in Marietta. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're a genius. That was it. I, I had to fool around with the settings, man. It gets... Okay. Wow. Craziness. Yeah. Tommy. Hey. Dude, I... How weird is this? I'm like so excited to be recording with you, and that feels odd <sighs> and strange. No, it, dude, it's been way too long. Um, sorry we haven't been able to get back here earlier, but Hello. Hey, it, we told people we sort of were flying by the seat of our pants, and here we are. But welcome to the Craft Heads podcast, episode one twenty four. Tommy is back Ooh. with us. This is this is this our first virtual one or remote one? I can't remember actually. It is. You and I recorded something video related that we hope to release to the fans sometime soon. But your boy, me. Um, is being real lazy about doing the editing on it. I've got about 25 minutes into it. It's a couple hours long. We were just fucking around doing something that I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but if you like video games, you'll be interested. Absolutely. And now, Tommy, now granted, video is twice as bad, but you understand the pains of production. It's yeah. You put it off. It takes forever. It's It's a lot of work. But yeah, you actually gave me an episode to record. I, no, I think it was the, the you know what? I'm, I, once again, I'm almost spoiling it, but you gave me something to record the first time we did something video related. Uh, I'm sorry, it's something to edit the first time we 
recorded something video slash audio related and i was really lazy about that too so i just sooner or later i'm gonna give you the swear to god and then it's just gonna drive me to do it that's actually um, what i have to do a lot of the time but that's what i did today just glad we're together um we've picked up a lot of new listeners visited a lot of places recently So let me begin by reintroducing, because if you've only listened to the past couple episodes, you might not actually even recognize Tommy's voice, but this is the podcast about nothing, but also everything, and uh, it's with my lifelong best friend of Tommy. I think at this point, it's like 21 years, or coming up on 21. Yeah. September, right? I think in September, it'll be 22, actually. I believe it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we were we've been saying twenty plus for a while, including when we started in twenty eighteen. But here when we, we are. started in twenty eighteen, January we we January of twenty eighteen, we talked about twenty about September being our twenty year anniversary. So, is it possible that it's almost twenty three? It's something like that. If you and I took a second to actually, yeah, it, that that has to be it. Right. Mm-hmm. If it well, so let's just do it since it's been a while since we've been on yes. the mic together. Yeah. Third grade, which would make us we were eight. I can never do this. I never know what age you are in a grade ever. I'm I'm almost positive when like for, for Pennsylvania standards, third grade we were eight, uh, which was when we met, and now we are thirty, and you're gonna be thirty-one. I just turned thirty, so. Yes, I think it is 23 years. Dude, it's crazy. Like whenever I I pitch it to people, as part of my sales pitch about what CHP is, I always throw in my best friend of 20 plus years. Now maybe I'll say start saying 23 and and I always say, and I'm only 30 (laughs) years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because then they're like, oh shit, that's, that's pretty crazy. But yeah. Yep. Tommy and I go way back, obviously, and um, at this podcast, I told you what it's about. Sometimes we have a targeted you know, topic. Uh, most times, well, I shouldn't say most times, because lately we, we have, uh, Tara's been helping me hold it down. I've done some with a couple of guests, but um, it sort of goes back and forth. But the most important part is we have a craft beverage of some kind. We're always drinking. Yes. That's mm-hmm. something that we love doing. It's a hobby of ours, but like when I say a We're hobby- We're always drinking- we're always drinking even when we're not on the mic, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, not just, like, being stupid, drinking crap 100% of the time or anything like that. You know, we, Tommy and I both really like exploring with different cocktails and wines and spirits and beer and everything. So we try and keep it crafty here on the Craft Heads podcast. And uh, to that end, we did a BYOC episode, Bring Your Own Cocktail, obviously, with both Bring of us. Bring Your Own Cock. Uh, yeah, that, too. Brought two of those, <laughs> as far as I know. And Tommy, you start with yours, and I'll tell the listeners what I have. Oh, okay. Just start me off like that. Um, I I got a little panicky because uh, where I'm at right now, there's not a lot of mixers, but uh, I made do, and I think you'll be impressed with what I came up with. Um, so first of all, the first thing I have to say is right before we uh, started recording. Alex sent me a message, well, like 20 minutes before we started recording, Alex sent me a message with a picture that, uh, he, he's, he's now the chef Bachev and he's been cooking a lot, uh, for him and his family. And I'm putting that in air quotes because (laughs) James lives with them Yeah, and, uh, he's not technically family, but he might as well be blood at this point. Facts. Um, so (laughs) he, he made salmon tonight and I wanted to surprise you on air. Guess what I made? For everybody tonight. Had to have been salmon. 
I made salmon tonight I, for dude, everybody. That, that, that's the 23 year old mojo coming out. Like, and, yeah. and I'll say this. So, um, typically I do the lemon dill. That's what, uh, well, I, Tommy got me into making salmon more. So I want to give him the credit doing the, like a, a classic lemon, lemon dill butter recipe. And that's what I usually make. And every time I make it, it gets better. Like Tara and James, like they just sit down and they like orgasm at the table. They're like, Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> but I, I truly outdid myself tonight. So I had, I think I had sort of maxed out how good I could make that. And we had limes, but no lemons tonight. So I tried out a honey, chili, lime recipe, and we Ooh. all agreed, like, okay, as as much as we love the lemon dill and we don't want to like forsake it entirely, this shit, dude, was it was perfect. Like, Ooh. it was so good. I mean, do you um, do you cook it kind of like your tuna steak too, where you like baste it as your as it's in the cast? No, no, iron? this this was um this was also baked. So okay. um, it was in foil, and it's this one's really important to make sure that you uh, keep it in. You know, nothing leaks out, and like the butter helps cook it and everything else. But it was unfreaking believable, man. So good. Um, I I am proud of you for taking a recipe that I showed you, and I'm sure making it way better than I could have ever. Because well, I like to dabble in a lot of recipes, yeah. but I don't ever perfect them. I feel like you are. You you're good at perfecting those kind yeah. of things. Even, even whenever John was here, uh, I was always the fish boy. Nobody touch. Nobody here will touch preparing fish. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the best fish dish that I've fish dish that I've made <laughs> to date is a barramundi dish because it was there was a huge uh, chunk of it at Costco and it was on sale and I was like I'll I I was like I'll figure out something to make with this and uh, whole it was almost like a it was it bordered on a stew. It wasn't, but it was a very runny, amazing fish dish. But I have Ooh. if anybody needs these recipes, I mean, I, I bookmark them in my Brave browser. <laughs> I got like a little digital recipe book. So I, I really, I've really enjoyed um, taking up cooking more, which is that's the craft head's way, you know, just doing it your own way. I've never had bear money before, so I, I'm over here uh, fact checking you because I wanted to see what it looked like, and. Um, Wow, does that look like a nice cut of fish, mm, it, dude? It was is it like so good? It, is it like like a tilapia? Or like what would yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, it's not fishy. You know, we'll, I'll okay. put it that way. Okay. And and it's a white fish, uh, obviously, for Tommy to ask that question. But you know what we didn't talk about is what what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of the point of what I was getting to with a fish dish that I prepared. I fish I um, I brought a glass I brought a glass of wine to the table. Not white, but red. Um, we had some Eloan Pinot uh, Noir. Noir, thank you. I, I was like really struggling right there. Pinot Noir Eloan was the brand, but um, to to craft a boy it up. Once you said B Y O C to me, <laughs> I took the last like third of the bottle and I made sangria out of it. What? <laughs> I saw. I did, I, Tommy and I are obviously we're doing this over video, and yeah. granted, it wasn't the same day, but just last night, I used wine to make a mixed drink. Like it's, oh yeah, perfect. It's just. I mean, I did, it wasn't sangria, but like I had a little bit of leftover. Uh, San, there's canned San Pellegrino that is flavored. It's basically like look L- um, San Pellegrino's version of Lacroix. But you know it has like the minerals added and all that stuff, and it was 
it was warm because I hadn't finished it, so I poured on some ice, and I was like, oh, I'll throw some, throw some wine in here. And then I got like another lime seltzer and everything. So we're clearly nothing's changed. We're uh, we're perfectly aligned with the cosmos. I the mojo it. is there. Um, you're right, and I. I don't know if you did this last night, but I threw some orange and apple in here as well. And I used LaCroix, speaking of. Classic. Uh, I put apricot LaCroix with wine, ice, um, orange, and apple. And I noticed my first sip, it wasn't like super sweet. Like I wanted to say, I like not super sweet. It was barely sweet at all. But I want my sangria to be a little sweet. So I, I, I squeezed a dab of Trulia sugar in here just to... Give it a little something. I like it. It's, I mean, the more good. you add and the more you play with it, the, the craftier it is, really. It's it's very uh, original for us. Um, right. And funny enough, my cocktail, I, um, it was something – the other. I had a really shit day with work the other day, and I just asked Tara. I was like, while I'm wrapping up, I need you to make me a crafty cocktail. I <laughs> can't have had it before, and I want it to be fairly boozy. And mm-hmm. she was like, okay. So we, we consulted the manual, you know, the one I bought you. That's We use that thing all the time. And yeah. she came, uh, brought brought in the, the bedroom and hooked me up. And I, I guessed two of the ingredients right off the bat. And then because of the mix of the two main ingredients and how well they complicate or complement each other, it sort of confused me and like threw me off. And it, it took me a while to guess them. I did finally get them. But interestingly enough, it's quasi-wine-based, funny enough, okay. because it's called the Dubonnet Cocktail. So, you know, spiraling off of when we were going through, like, the port phase and everything else, we were looking into different fortified wines and, and things like that. And there is Dubonnet is an aromatized wine-based aperitif. Um, it's a blend of fortified wine, herbs, and spices. I'm getting all this from... Uh, from Wikipedia, of course, if you were, if you were following along, and um, it also has quinine or quinine or whatever that is. That's where a little bit of the bitterness comes from. That's the same stuff you find in tonic water, but uh, that is it. And here's a fun fact about Dubonnet: it's famous in the UK for having been the favorite drink of Her Majesty the Queen and Queen, Queen Elizabeth the Mother. So, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. So I figured I thought you were uh, about to say Her Majesty Queef the Mother. That that too. So when Tommy or listen to me, when James and I were looking for new fortified wines to try, and I looked it up, I was like, "Well, if it's good enough for the Queen, it's good enough for us." So mm-hmm. sure enough, Dubonnet on its own is excellent, but it turns out that Tara made me the Dubonnet cocktail, which is Dubonnet gin, bitters, and uh, a lemon zest, along with run it around the edge of the glass. So and she made. Whenever we were recording or like getting started as she was making the drink, because I was like, T, I need that drink you made for me the other night. She's like, do you want a single or a double? And I was like, come on. So <laughs> Cheers, you know bro. me better than Here that. Oh, I'll just turn that down if it's hella loud. Mm. Absolutely excellent. So, Tommy, I think you might have news or updates for me like... Is it the golf thing mostly? And if it is, then give me a second. Um, it's the it, it, it's anything that happened after our Vegas trip. Okay, so we don't even we're not going to like recap it. Tommy and I are just sort of going to free for all this. But just so everybody is aware, it is April 29th, uh, which is a Thursday, and this past weekend, actually exactly a week ago, 
um, Tommy's fiance Claire and Tara and I have been scheming behind his back to kill him. No, <laughs> for about five six months we were putting together a and they bir- succeeded a birthday weekend in Vegas, which historically Claire is wasn't like a big fan of, but Tommy loves it and I love it. So we've been putting this uh, this whole surprise trip together, and we all flew out there last Thursday. And sure enough, we somehow managed to keep this a secret from Tommy the entire time. And uh, I actually, I meant to record with a voice memo as I was approaching you, but I got caught up in the moment. And I'm glad I didn't because that's kind of annoying. And also, <laughs> you, there weren't a lot of audio reactions. What I want to tell everybody about, and you couldn't see it, was your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, your face, because I, you know, Tara and I were coordinating with Claire. Claire even went into the bathroom. She's like, you know, we just got off the plane. We're at gate, whatever. And we were at the same gate, but we were like, I don't know, maybe 100, 200 feet apart. So we were trying to coordinate without Claire giving anything away. Finally, we said, hey, we're at this one corner. And she's like, no, we're at the train already. So we like ran after it. And I I pointed out to Tara. I was like, there they are. So I snuck up on Tommy and I touch his butt and say, got a light? And he turns around (laughs) and the way you looked at me, Tommy, like I have never seen such bewilderment in your eyes it was almost like well this is awesome but he can't actually be here (laughs) yeah it was was, it was amazing i i honestly i mean being that you know you're in travel mode and being at the airport i didn't i didn't have that full like what the like reaction you know like because we have so many people around us but i was I, i was completely surprised props to claire props to alex props to tara because I mean, I, I even like the day before we left, I texted Alex and I was like, um, when I get back from Vegas and Alex said something like, I didn't, you're going to Vegas. I had no idea. Like you, you didn't tell me, did you? And I was like, no, I didn't tell him, but he, everybody played it really well. Yeah. I I was completely surprised. I even double checked with Claire. I, I like, I sent her a screenshot and I was like, is he baiting me? And she said, definitely baiting you. Don't give it to him. And you weren't. But, like, I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to slip up with a mistake because I was like, I'm pretty sure he hasn't said, oh, Claire surprised me and we're going to Vegas next week or whatever. So it was it was um, it was executed flawlessly. Huge props. I'm going to say especially to Claire just for the entire thing. We had an amazing hotel and we'll we'll talk to you a little bit about it and some of our um, some of our experiences for sure. But. Do you want to do you want to do your stuff first? No, we should we should just recap Vegas really quick. I, yeah. I don't think that we need to like we don't know, need to bore do the, the fans with everything, yeah. right? But but like um, from a standpoint of gambling wise, I think Claire and I about broke even. We played a, a solid amount of slots, uh, a good amount of poker, a little bit of roulette. You know, pretty much most of the main games. But I think that the notable thing for us from a gambling standpoint was we found a slot machine that we really liked and 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 I want to pass the knowledge along to anybody else who's a mm-hmm. gambler on the line that um and I think Alex and Tara also enjoyed this slot a lot cuz they played a decent event while we were there but it it's the wheel of fortune cash link slot it you win a lot I'm not saying that that in the end like you're going to win more than average because that just doesn't make sense cuz you're there to lose money yeah. like they make machines for you to lose money but for some reason, this slot machine gives you a lot of winners, and it's a lot of fun. You can play for a while, and it's the Wheel of Fortune cash link. Alex? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So 
a good way of putting what Tommy was just talking about. Like, I expect to lose. Slots are trash. Like, mm-hmm. if that's all you do nonstop and you blow a thousand dollars on slots, you deserve to lose all of your money. <laughs> but I love a slot machine that, like, if you put in a hundred, if you can play that slot machine for like a half an hour or an hour, or like pro- I'll say a half an hour, you'd be very, very lucky. Even if yeah. you kiss every penny of it away, it's like paying for any other kind of entertainment. You know, if it mm-hmm. p- pays you just enough to keep you in and all that stuff. But like multiple times I went over, there was one time I put in uh 60 into this same machine right next to Claire and Tommy. It was, I got all the way up to 160. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll keep playing. And then it went down yeah. to 90. I cashed out. I, you know, still, uh, I was still positive. And then later on that night, I tried the same machine in different locations and got destroyed. But, so that that's their machine. I agree. That one's uh, a lot of fun. Great. But I think we've talked about, or I might have mentioned this on the show before, the good old Vinny machine. So very good friend of mine, uh, ours, Tyler Pico. Uh, he used to live in Vegas, work for the uh, Vegas Knights. And I had a really good trip one time, two times when we went out there and he was living there. And he just did an, an amazing job of playing host. One of them, I was with you. Taken, yeah, exactly. And... um. The one the one night on one of my trips out there, we went to the Red Rock Casino, and it was literally on, on the night of my birthday, like going into my birthday at midnight. And he and I stayed out, just the two of us, gambling at the Red Rock Casino um, very late into the night. And we spent so much money on, on the Vinny machine, as we called it, which was my, my cousin Vinny. And I even told Tommy and Claire, I was like, if there's anything I do here before we leave – as my last gambling thing, I was like, we need to find the Vinny machine. And I could have sworn that um, the Red Rock, of course, is outside the city. So we went, I, there was one that I know was on the strip at the Cosmopolitan. Sure enough, we found it. It was in the same spot. Uh, and I, fo- I found it. Nobody was there. There were two of them next to each other. We went back to, to- Tyra and I went back to Tommy and Claire played a little bit more of whatever we were doing. Then we went back and there was a couple sitting there. And of course they were loving it because this machine is just so fun. The the feature, as they call it, hits all the time. You spin a wheel, mm-hmm. it's great. Whether you're making money or not, it's, it's hard to quit when the feature keeps going. Right. Yep. And um, so Tara and I kind of posted up like slyly. We were putting little bits of money into like, I, I was literally paying money so I could camp out next to them. It was so stupid. Well, it turns out it wasn't so stupid because... I started, I heard one of them, I heard the universal sound of collect your cash, like cashing out. And Tara's like, I think they're running out of money. I was like, good, excellent. Finally, they leave. You know, I wait and I look around and dart over to the machine. We both put 100 in. Tara might have lost 20, 30. I was going down. I, I finally got mine down to like 60 or so. Was having a blast though, lots of features. Finally hit a wheel. And I even told, I, I like, I texted Pico. I FaceTimed him everything. I was like, I am channeling our friendship and that amazing night that we had, you know, on my birthday in 2017 or whatever it was. I'm, I'm going into this wheel and I hit the wheel spin and it hit the, the quote major jackpot. And it was a $250 hit. I was prepared to piss away $500 in gambling on this trip and we wound up losing um, like 250 maybe. And it was with the Vinny machine with, saving a good portion of it. Exactly. And I quit immediately cash out that was the last gambling i did and it was just so cool so that was i i love when you guys came over to us after you after that story it was nuts, and told man. us and actually that same night um Claire, alex tara claire and i sat 
down to start gambling and right when we sat down there was a person make maybe five or six machines away that hit a major jackpot i mean alex hit a major jackpot grand he hit like the the jack yeah the grand jackpot for 20k or something like that and uh i don't know if we told you this alex but this was pretty funny after that guy like he, he sat there for like an hour while we were just like doing machines all around the place and finally he kept he they brought his twenty thousand dollar voucher check over to him yeah, whatever it was, Ugh. and he walked by us, and I, I looked at him because he, he saw that I was over there whenever it happened, and I was like, "Congratulations!" And he was like, "Thank you, thank you." One of the best nights of my life. And Claire was like, "Yeah, I bet you really enjoyed that. <laughs> We're gonna rob you later." <sighs> and I was like, "Claire, you don't say that to somebody. No. I don't care how like how much you're joking. <sighs> Just as somebody's walking out with that amount of money, you don't even joke about it." <laughs> because, like, Claire. I can't, I couldn't believe that she said that. I was like, "Don't do that! Oh Why God. would you do that?" And you know what that was? That was a harbinger of Claire later that night. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Okay, so let let's move on. Because this was one of the best nights. Right be, be, after before we, we were get gambling. to before we get to right oh, after that, I just want to say mm-hmm. the Cosmopolitan best drink service out of all of the casinos we went to. Usually, Definitely. I don't even order drinks when I'm sitting down on a machine because I'm going to be gone by the time this, the waitress gets back. I had like four beers at Cosmopolitan. I sat down, they came over, they're like, you want a drink? And they were back with two beers for me and Tara in like three minutes. So that is one of the things I love about the Cosmopolitan. And um, that makes sense for uh, to to foreshadow the night. I, I mean, me too. I mean, Tara and I had, I'm pretty sure we had four beers each there. And um, at, we'll take over right after this, Tommy. The one other thing that we did do uh, during the weekend that we'd never been to was a brand new casino in Vegas, like three, four months old, something like that called the, the Circa. And I just want to tell everybody, if you're into sports, you would die and go to heaven here. Like I'm not big into sports, but there, when you go into this place, first of all, it's very modern. They have like, like real loud music playing. There's girls dancing on the tape, on the freaking gambling tables. And they have, they have screens that are like two, three stories tall. I mean, yeah, that shit blew me away. So, just want to let everybody that's on Old Vegas uh, go check that out if if you're interested in seeing a brand new casino. But told you about that in the Cosmopolitan. Tommy's going to take it from here with what we did after the Cosmo. Well, sorry, one more quick note on the Circa because Alex was talking about the sports thing of it. I went to Vegas about a month ago for a bachelor party, and we actually went to the the pool top bar mm. at Circa. And I had no idea, like, this was kind of a, a running joke with the crew because it was a bachelor party. I didn't really even know where we were. Mm-hmm. But we were we, we rented a cabana at Circa to watch March Madness with me and this bachelor party, which, like Alex said, the screens are huge. But just being able to watch nine, you know, nine different, whatever, it wasn't nine, it was like five or six different March Madness games going on at the same time and betting on them at a pool during a beautiful day in Vegas, like it really that that hotel, they're doing it right. Yep. For especially from the sport for totally uh, stand that you're talking about. But um, yes. So mo- moving forward, right after the Cosmo, which was uh, Saturday night. So this was the last night we were in Vegas. We went to a show called uh, Absinthe, and not not to spoil the show, but it's it's very raunchy. It's a great show, and it's a lot of talent. And um, 
it's inside of a tent right in front of Caesar's Palace. And this was kind of the gift that uh, my parents, Claire's parents, all pitched in together to buy tickets for me and her, Alex and Tara. Obviously, since they were there, they were coming along. And um, the show is in a tent. It's like a circus tent. And the stage in the middle is maybe the size of a of like a dining room table. Like it's very, very small. Yeah, wouldn't you it's say? A, a, a big table, but it is... I, what Tommy's saying is correct. Like the center stage is small. Yeah. For sure. And, I mean, if like the radius of the table is maybe f- four feet. That, that so, sounds reasonable. Yeah. Eight yeah. Feet so across. like eight foot diameter and just a circular stage. And that was pretty much it. There was a stage on the other side of the tent where like the MC came out and one of the acts, which we'll get to came out and, uh, did their thing or maybe a couple acts, but I would say it was really focused on people sitting on the outer edge of this tent, looking in on this really small stage. Cabaret style. Kind of. Sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, and all these amazing acts went on and all I can remember is cause we were getting to the, to the part of the night where it was very late. Everybody had several drinks, Tara and Alex and Claire, (laughs) I, I was a little more quiet than them because I was uh, like when I be, am in awe of something I'm I'm much more mute which is kind of opposite of my normal personality of loud and talkative and boisterous and these three were going nuts for for these acts that were going on and there everybody had three phrases I, I, I'm sorry every each one of them had a phrase that they kept repeating I'm so and I don't know if this yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Claire kept kept saying, "This is the greatest show ever, comma right?" Question mark. That's what Claire kept saying. She looked back at me after every single act, and she would go, "This is the greatest show I've ever right." And I and I just kept agreeing with her. Tara kept saying, "What is happening? What is happening?" And then Alex kept saying, "I feel inadequate." Yes. I definitely remember. I didn't know I said it a bunch. That's you said it a bunch. You just is, kept telling me in my ear. You're like, dude, I feel inadequate right so, now. Okay. Well, I mean, it wasn't a secret. Like I was telling Tara, she was like, take me home and throw me around like that. But <laughs> these guys who would come out, I mean, picture the perfect male. That's what these guys look like. I mean, there were a bunch of them. The, there were a couple of couples acts, like a, a guy and a girl. There were uh, a few solo acts, and then there were a couple with, like, all dudes. Just these perfect male specimens doing just crazy-ass acrobatics. Throwing each other around. It was insane. Yes, and, like, it was just so crazy. And what I thought you were going to say for Tara was, and I have to come away from the mic, all she did all night was, Woo! Like, dude, she was, we were both having the time of our life. It was just so incredible and the way i would describe what absinthe is it's cirque du soleil meets the most sexually explicit vulgar comedy you've ever been exposed to yeah it, that's it, really thank you seriously for doing it, that it's a lot those two justice. things uh, so it was i i got real hyped about it because i'd never heard of it before not that i'm like super in tuned with you know what goes on in vegas but whenever claire first told me that we were going to be going I looked it up and it's and there were a bunch of, you know, critics and stuff saying like if you see one Vegas show in your life, make it absinthe. The greatest show 
ever in Las Vegas, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was truly, it was every bit of that. I mean, it's not cheap, but it is worth every penny. And it was an incredible experience. Just if you, if you ever want to go, I would go so far as to say that if you want to go out to Vegas, cause you've never been there, I would schedule it around an absinthe trip. I, I really would like it's, it's that good. And really, I mean, that was the highlight of the trip. I mean, just to boil it down to like a few words, the first few days were gambling and food, which we went to a lot of really amazing restaurants Mm -hmm. that Alex and I always talk about restaurants on this show, so we don't need to get deep into that. Mm -hmm. But then it was absinthe and it was fly home. You know, it was just the perfect Vegas trip. Gambling, food, a show, a really amazing show friends and you know yep drinking yep and and we we were drinking that entire day i mean we started at like noon or one and then we got like really heavy into the evening i mean just we were already very drunk at absinthe and then tara and i both got 24 ounce blue moons and claire got that crazy cocktail thing i don't know what you were drinking and then after that a bottle of wine yes that's right with a whole bottle of wine then yep. we were walking home afterward and we went to the bellagio we wanted to see a fountain show which we would all seen before and i'm glad because it was so windy that night in vegas that they actually couldn't have the shows like they kept postponing it and they just didn't have any but you know your boy comes down the street with a cooler and he was like ice cold beer five dollars i was like give me four <laughs> obviously like we're already yeah. we took pictures and you could see my droopy eyes it's great but um it was truly a magical night got home and everybody was wasted and tommy threw potato chips on claire and that was about that was the end <laughs> Look, it, you missed the best part tommy after yeah, no, you, i know i know i missed the best part after you threw potato chips on claire and then you guys sort of went in the into the, your room tara and i we're like little Hoover back vacuums eating ruffles off the hotel floor and cleaned the entire floor up. And it was Wait, great. hold on. Just to paint the picture a little bit more, this sounds really weird, throwing potato chips on somebody. Claire <laughs> and I, like, started a little wrestling match. And, and we, like, were, you know, being very playful with each other. But in the end, she was, like, she was being all coy and, like, whoa me. And, and I just... I had a bag of ruffles and literally turned the bag upside down on top of her and just started like raining potato chips on her. Like and Happy Gilmore here, eat, eat that lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave us alone. And um, so, anyways, yeah. Right after I did that, I was like, I, I, "We'll be right back out to clean that up." But we like we had to go to the bathroom, and uh, I came back out a few minutes later, and the entire floor was clean. And Alex looks up at me and he goes. We were just Hoover vacuuming these chips up. Yep. Yeah. And and by the way, we didn't get to bed until two thirty in the Tara and I, uh, Claire and Tommy were up a little bit later, I think. But uh, we went to bed at like two thirty. We had to get up at four thirty in the morning for our flight. And oh my god, I have never seen Tara that bad in my life. Like between the sleep deprivation and the extreme drinking, I, I was like, I don't know if she's gonna make it. But I was like, you're. You're going to make it, but I don't know if you're going to make it. And uh, it was really crazy. We got into the taxi on the way to the airport, and the guy was telling us about a shooting that had happened literally an hour, an hour before that. And not a mass shooting. It was like an altercation. But one person was killed. Two people were, were injured. And I was like, what is it with me leaving Vegas in the wake of a shooting? Uh, for people who don't know, uh, in 2017, I left the day of the shooting, uh, the Stephen Paddock shooting, the Mandalay. So that was crazy. I mean, 
It's just when you and I were there together too. Yeah, yeah. Like I left for half of that trip. Exactly, and I got back to the um, I got back to work the next day and was reading about it, and I was like, Alex is there. He he just left this morning. Holy cow! Yep. And and we just left San Antonio, and there was like a mini attempt. I'll say an attempted shooting there. And I was I was talking to a client recently about visiting uh, them in New Orleans, and he goes, I was telling him about this, and he was like you need to put your good juju pants on when you come here. He's like, don't bring that shit with you <laughs> when you come visit. I was like, that's a fair point. So, Dude, so true, man. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, but there's a shooting every single day, so mm. what's new? It's true. It's like, it's basically confirmation bias at this point that I'm trying to say like, oh, I go somewhere and it happens. And it's like, well, of course it does, sadly. But um, anyways, Vegas was amazing. Uh, Tommy, tell me about uh, your developments. The, well, the end of the Vegas trip. I, I, I texted Alex and said to him, we had a Miami-level flight crisis. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, hey, as we were leaving let's Vegas. Let's give the listeners context. My Miami? Yeah. Okay, so real quick. I think you, I think you said this story on, on the podcast before. Yeah. Tara and I ran into a nightmarish situation where we were trying to like book planes last minute because we were attempting to do standby from my to and from Miami there context. Yeah. Don't ever um, do that. Well done. <laughs> um, ours was less, um, self-inflicted than yours. Yes. So okay. let's, I'll start off by saying that, uh, Sunday, Alex and Tara left super early in the morning, like seven in the morning. Claire and I woke up. Claire was a wreck. We ended up findings, you know, like we did actually, I'll tell you this because it'll be interesting to you. In the the mall, there were the massage tables. You remember the aqua massage thing that oh, we yeah. passed by? Well, not that one, but there was just like a hand massage place, and and I had to buy one for Claire because she was just in rough shape. And I was like, maybe this will make you feel better. Let's do a let's give you a fifteen minute or back massage thing. Um, but we did that. We did like coffee and all of this stuff in the morning, but. As we were like chilling and doing all those things to like get ourselves better for before our flight, um, around twelve o'clock, United, which is where we were flying, fuck United, um, <laughs> they they sent us an email and it said your flight's been canceled, Mm-mm. and uh, and like normally that's fine. I mean like since COVID happened, so many airlines have been canceling flights and then they send you a you know, a, another flight combination that gets you in a couple hours later. Whatever. No big deal. Claire and I had to be home a little earlier. It was a little urgent, and I'll get to that later. But not only did they cancel this flight, but then the rescheduling that normally would get you in a few hours later, it also said canceled in the email they sent us. So we just didn't have a flight. They just completely canceled it. They didn't even rebook anything for us. So we called United. That takes, and in, 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 as you know, that now takes 45 minutes just to call and get a hold of somebody service-related. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, finally, 45 minutes later, the woman picks up, and she goes, Wow, this is weird. I guess somebody from the Las Vegas airport canceled your flight and just didn't rebook you on anything. So we were like, yeah, that is weird. We need to get home. Book us. So she's like, oh, yeah, this is weird. I got to get another set of eyes on this. So she gets off, comes back on. She was like, okay, I found your flight. It's it's the same time. It's really weird. Same time you guys are leaving that you booked. 
all good. And I was like, okay, thanks. Can you send me a confirmation? She sent me a confirmation of this flight that that we were supposed to leave on. And Claire and I were like, I, I looked at it, saw the times were all good, closed my phone. Claire and I went and gambled for a little while longer to get back to the airport at the normal time that our flight's supposed to leave. As we get to the airport, the flight that this woman booked for us was a literal year in the future. And there were no more flights until midnight from United. What an idiot. And they wouldn't, like, compensate. (laughs) I'm sorry. What an idiot. Dumbest. Oh, man, that that woman, I I hope she got fired because this is (laughs) such... A fuck up. Like, how do you book somebody a year? Like, not. I'm sorry. It wasn't even just changing the flight by a number. It was she changed the month, the date, and the year. Right. So it was a year. Like it was like 11 months in the future. She booked this flight. Listen, here's. (sighs) I want to come back to what you were saying about flights getting canceled and everything. Like, and this is domestic, by the way. Just you know, Vegas to maybe you had a layover, but it was all domestic. I am. My statute of limitations, I'll just go out and say this, on saying, oh, COVID, as an excuse, that expired on March 11th for me. Like, I'm, I'm over that. I mean... Yeah, one, you gave it one year? I'm, it's serious. I mean, honestly, I think it expired before that. I'm trying to be fair by giving people a full year, but like, whenever something gets canceled or rescheduled or whatever nowadays, and people think they just have the, the, uh, the blanket COVID excuse... Shit's not going to fly anymore. Like, th- this is the new way of life. And, like, right now things are actually somewhat decent. It, like, no. No more of that. Yeah. I'm done with that. Alex doesn't accept it. <laughs> Tell me about it. And I, I've never had, like, experiences with airlines like I have in my life until COVID. And they need to hire some more people. Like, I don't care. If you guys want to lose money, you're going to lose your business yeah, like, for how fig- shitty again, you guys are conducting figure it out. Shit. It. it that that was the perfect excuse a month, three months in, halfway in. I, I totally get it. But you need to have figured shit out by now. It has been long enough, you know. But I don't know. Oh, my God. That just – I know that pain, Tommy. The airlines can be the absolute worst. And I, and I did – whenever I was texting Tommy and Claire about it, I, I did say like – and this is this is a general travel tip. A lot of people don't travel that much. Sometimes people don't like to fly, whatever. I will tell you in my my humble opinion, fly direct unless you have no other option. So if you're going somewhere really yeah. obscure in the world and there is no direct flight, well, then you don't have a choice. But even if you're paying a premium, a lot more money, fly direct. And then the other thing I'll say... Um, because we're we're very privileged here in America, fly Delta and Southwest. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. We have a lot of pilot uh, friends. Actually, I have a weird amount of pilot friends. Um, any airline that can get you, fly airlines that are reliable that can get you directly to places, and they're not going to fuck up on this scale. So, you this was um United really screwed you up here, right? Or American? United screwed me up. And here's, Screw United. Here's the other thing. This is important. Was it Vanilla United or was it a subsidiary? It was United. Ooh, that's real bad. See, like they, yeah. you know, there's tons of uh, smaller regional uh, airlines and everything that you know DBA 
doing business mm-hmm. as whatever. Like you can see that right on your your airfare. But yeah. Oh my god. Like that's... Delta doing business as Air Tran. Sure. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, just to end this story, we ended up having to buy a Frontier flight for four hundred dollars a person, so eight hundred bucks. Okay, listen. I'm sitting here. Th- this is. Everything I just said, do what is best for you, listener. But I can remember whenever Tara and I had our big fiasco in Miami and we were looking around and we couldn't find anything. Frontier was like, we'll take you. It's yeah, going to be it's going to be it's going to be expensive, but we'll take you. And sure enough, I mean, praise be to God that I I'm in a position to do that. I just begrudgingly was like, Fuck. Just gave him my credit card, and it, it mine was ours was also like eight hundred dollars. I think one way it was yep horrible. Same, but Same. what are you gonna do? Same. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So, so uh, it was just travel is always perfect. terrible experience. Yeah, <laughs> it never is. Um, yeah, that was that was the end of the trip. So talk about a real downer to end such a beautiful trip. But I mean, it's it was a it was a wonderful wonderful time. Yep. And then here's the crazy thing: after all of that shit, Tommy had to go through. He, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, right. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you tell. I don't, I don't know all the exact details. It's pretty cool, though. Well, the reason, one of the reasons that Claire and I had to get home for this, like, like United, even if they would have called us up and be like, okay, we can get you home, you know, six hours later, that wasn't gonna fly because I had an opportunity to caddy for a celebrity at. Um, the Valspar Championship, which is the PGA golf tournament that that's uh, on the Florida Swing in Tampa around this time in March normally. They moved it to April because of COVID. Um, but, yeah, they're doing it in person. And Claire's dad is the head of PR at the Valspar Championship. Uh, V-A-L-S-P-A-R, like the paint, the paint. for anybody yeah, okay. that wants to look it up. Um, and so he asked me if I wanted to caddy in – I was like, heck yeah, I want to, but I needed to do it at like eight, nine in the morning on Monday morning after flying the red eye home from Vegas at landing at 6 a.m. in Tampa. Hours before. Oh, my God. uh, Yeah. I mean, Claire has um, Claire has some, you know, sleep medicine that we took on the flight because I'm not a, a great sleeper on the flight, but I knew I had to try to. So, um, and, and being on frontier, those are like the least comfortable of all the seats. Like once again, I do have to thank frontier for getting us home in time at a, at a huge premium, but Mm -hmm. those seats are basically metal wrapped in like a sheet of plastic. They're horrifying. It was so bad, but um, so, so I got to, I got to this, uh, to the Valspar championship, which is at the Andesburg golf course here in Tampa ready to caddy for a celebrity and the celebrities this year were mostly uh um uh sports guys you'll you'll recognize the name alex there was tiki barber ronde barber mm-hmm. uh byron leftwich who is the the uh offensive coordinator that of the raid of byron leftwich. of the bucks yeah 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 and i that's who i was supposed to caddy for um i'll get to that in a second um there were some other, you know, Vinny Testaverde was was um, was golfing. Let's see. Oh, uh, Ryan Howard, the first base, uh, yep, power hitter. I mean, it was a lot of baseball guys, a lot of baseball and a lot of football guys. 
but the 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 actor names that you might recognize and this was actually my first choice who i asked rick if i could caddy for him until he pulled out was michael pena Mm -hmm. do you know who that is yeah yeah i I, we had this conversation he's okay he is the guy that's in everything that's how i describe him uh the, (laughs) the one that i used to jog tara's memory was um, he's the the Hispanic guy who talks really fast and tells stories and there's music playing in the background in the Ant Man movies, so I I, I want to I do want to look that up real quick. They're, Michael they're Pena, Ant Man. Are you he, sure it was him? I'm one hundred thousand percent sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I, I mean, but seriously, the only other movie I can name like right now off the top of my head is some goofy Netflix alien movie. Um, it. Like extinction, not extraction, because that was another movie. But I, I don't know. It, he's in so many things, and I'm having trouble thinking on the spot. But yeah, what what I knew him from, and what made me really excited to ask him questions about was he was in Shooter with yes. Mark Wahlberg, yes. which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, he's like the cop that believes Mark Wal gotcha. Mark Wahlberg didn't shoot the president. But uh, anyways, I mean, moot point. He dropped out. I, I decided on Byron Leftwich as my second uh, choice, and um, there were 28 celebrities that were supposed to show up. 27 of them showed up. Wow. Guess who didn't? Oh, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. And, Obviously. And um, uh, if he ever listens to this podcast, Byron, fuck you, man. <laughs> fuck you, Byron. That, that was messed up. That, that was really messed up. Yeah. I was really looking forward to. Out of all and, those and, people. <laughs> yeah. I was... I, uh, I, I was bummed out, you know, but um, I, I got the alternate, which was I'll tell you about in a sec. I thought you were gonna say you didn't get to caddy. You got an no, alter- I know I got to okay, caddy. I was oh, gonna say, I, oh, that definitely fuck him. I, I still got to caddy. I got to caddy with this guy named John Harris, who's a Champions Tour player, who is basically it, it's basically the senior PGA Tour. Um, and John Harris is a he's a, he's a good player. He's won a few tournaments. I looked him up. He he's actually. I had a good time, and, and and the the pro we were playing with was Chase Kepka, which for anybody who's a golfer in that listens to this would know Brooks Kepka, who's Chase's brother. So uh, I got to play with Chase and John, or not play with, like caddied for John while Chase was the pro playing with us, and it was really just a super interesting experience. I mean, I got a lot of like golf knowledge out of them. The mm-hmm. way they talked about it and everything was really cool. But to end the day, I have never been so tired in my entire life yep yeah dude that was that was me i feel like at a couple of uh parts of this most recent vegas trip obviously yours would have been even worse but i think the night that we got home maybe like two of the nights um i can remember just stumbling home and not yes i had been drinking that day but I was seriously kind of like wobbling and it's not because I was drunk. It was because I was on the verge of falling asleep. And that yeah. that kind <laughs> of exhaustion is, well, exhausting. It's yeah. it's very, very savage. But um, glad if you I had to it. ask you before before we I know I know we're getting to the to the peak of our podcast episode length here. Um, if you had to tell me your favorite meal of the trip. What was it? Um, okay. If I had to pick between the oyster meal and the the Japanese and robata, I would say robata was. I would I preferred that. Um, what was the other fancy Italian? Dinner? What 
Italian, the bread. Oh, the not, bread. not even a question. That was the best. Oh, but that's the, you didn't even remember it. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I'm just sitting here. I got a million thoughts in my mind. Esther's Kitchen. You guys, if you're any, if you go anywhere near Las Vegas, make a reservation at Esther's Kitchen. That shit was world class. And this, the service was impeccable too. The, the service was amazing. The food was incredible. And that um, we, we had reserved a pod. None of us knew what a pod was. And it was one of those things where it was a, uh, it was a result of COVID. One of the results of COVID to which I say, why haven't we always been doing this? You go, <laughs> yeah, you go outside of the restaurant and there's this nice grassy area, like turf area with, um, there's a table in the middle with some couches and like a fire. So that was sort of like a, like an exclusive one you probably have to reserve and whatnot. But surrounding the perimeter of the entire green area were these, a combination of a, it wasn't, it was nicer than a tent, you know, mm-hmm. but like, but smaller than a pavilion. It was a tent pavilion. Yeah. A pent. Yeah. <laughs> and a tadilvian. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> It was perfect. It was perfect for four people. You have sound insulation. It was the perfect temperature. It it was just so good. And oh my god, I would not change a single thing about that experience dining there. It was incredible. It, yeah. And the one of my favorite part was on the way out. So when you leave, when you, <laughs> whenever you go into the restaurant and then you go to leave, when you're re-entering the restaurant from the like the outdoor patio, if you go straight. You just go behind the bar. And Tommy, I think he was like looking at his phone or something. He just goes behind the bar. And like, I'm just standing there with our server because she happened to be at the, at like the, the point of sale. And I was like, hey, don't, don't worry, I'll get him. And I was like, Tommy, you're behind <laughs> the bar. And he played it off perfectly though. Tommy, who was like, whoop. And he just like turned around and casually walked back out. Nobody even noticed that he was back there. He was with the bartenders. Nobody noticed. I felt like I did a really good job of being very obscure about yeah, that. You just you were cool. That's all. It was yeah, perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate so. it. And and now I am a cool I'm a cool thirty year old. Yes. You find you're finally cool, Tommy. <laughs> oh my god. Do you have anything else? I have I have a few quick uh updates at the end, but the the meat yeah, of it has no, passed. Hook us up, man. What what do we got? All right, so normally uh, I've gotten some good feedback from people on um movie recommendations so tara and i will probably do another movie rundown some sometime soon but there is one i've got to catch up with you on movies too because we've watched a lot since we've been here okay there's one that is and first of all if you want to send them to me tara and i can even narrate you know our our stuff uh and your ratings and whatnot but um there is one i don't want to shorten my list but there's one movie that is so good that i Really want people who are interested to watch it because I I just checked before getting on the podcast. It is on Netflix still, and any fans of um, Dan Stevens? So he's we're we're currently finishing Downton Abbey. He's Matthew in Downton Abbey, uh, great actor, and he's he's a little bit more like dapper and English in in Downton Abbey. This dude is fucking handsome in this movie. So like. Ladies who are listening, you should watch this movie regardless because this dude is like perfection. I'll, I'll just say that. But it's called The Guest, 2014. Okay. These are my stats that I rattle. Familiar, actually. Yeah. 2014. Uh, the Tomatoes ratings, critics, and audience are 91 69. 
at least when it, th that's what it says in my phone from when I took notes. Uh, yeah, it still is. Uh, runtime 139. So it borders on the perfect length. Uh, I told you Dan Stevens. It 139? Has, that's it, way longer. That's two hours and 20 minutes. No, I'm sorry. One colon 39. Ah, one hour, you. 39 minutes. Good call. Um, there's another actor that I absolutely, I just love this guy. You know who Lance Reddick is? Yes. He's the yes. super tall, cool, good looking black dude in John Wick. The, the, the oh, concierge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yep, of, yep, yep, yep. What's yep. the name of that hotel? The International. It, the inter it? That's all it is? I thought. The Continental. I was, the Continental. I was, was going to say, I think it starts with a C. Um, yeah. So, and first of all, like any other actor, he's in tons of stuff. It's not that's not his only thing. Matter of fact, I before I started seeing him pop up in other movies, I knew him uh, from Lost way back in the day. He wasn't right. a huge character. He, he was like mm -hmm. something Abaddon or Abaddon, however you pronounce that. I think it's Abaddon. But um, Lance Reddick is in it, uh, and the movie truly—I know it's cliche—has you on the edge of your seat the whole time an incredible uh mystery thriller but also What's it called again it's called i don't think i did i say i don't know if you did yet the guest oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah you okay did. i did all right good cool yeah but mystery thriller definitely aspects of comedy and and it descends into dark comedy and Honestly, my favorite Terra's and my favorite thing about the entire movie is the soundtrack. Hmm. It is straight. Look at, I, a movie like, can get me with a good soundtrack. Oh, dude, this is it. It's like straight Hotline Miami, and as the movie progresses, you will see why it's Hotline Miami. And every track that came on, we were like, "Oh, this is so cool!" We like Terra kept shazamming it. She made a playlist and everything, and I was like, "This sounds like it should be in Hotline Miami," but they weren't. And then toward the end of the movie, a song came on. I was like, oh, this one's in Hotline Miami. So, like it actually was. So that is <laughs> my, my singular movie recommendation just on this particular episode. Please check out The Guest because I absolutely loved it. Second update. Um, so it, uh, for those of you who have been following along, on episode 122, while I fact-checked myself and my computer is loading, yes, 2v1 podcast. That is the one that I did with Josh and Nick from the old 2v1 podcast days. My, um, my, uh, that's my, what's the word? Alma mater in the podcasting days. I, <laughs> I personally go way back on this stuff and you can check that out. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And similarly, I was a guest on Nick's show. So whenever I left, uh, 2v1, he uh, took up the mantle. Josh did it f with him for a while, but then another one of our uh, high school friends, AJ, he and AJ do a podcast called With Punish Gamescast, and that's on everything, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And you can check them out. We, I am in episode number 35 called Crypto Sleep. You'll understand when you listen, and uh, <laughs> I just want to tell everybody, Nick has one of the greatest laughs in the world. And when I tell him about Crypto Sleep... On that episode, I promise you, you will get a chuckle out of it. But go check that out. Check out their podcast, all the stuff they got going on. Uh, definitely a, a must listen for gamers, I would say, especially. And then the last can thing. I, um, can I mention something real quick? Yeah. Uh, the 2v1 podcast episode that you did on Craft Heads just mm -hmm. a couple episodes again ago. Um, 
you guys talked about something that I felt very passionate about and I wanted to weigh in. Oh, I said I was going to talk to you about it. The brands. That's right. Uh, was it the brands? It, 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 we're going to do an episode on the brands. Okay. But the but our favorite snack. Yeah, I was talking about brands generally, and then I and okay. the example I said was potato chips, and I was Cape Cod, and you have since told me, and I don't remember. My favorite potato chip? Did you tell me that? I don't know if I did, because I can't even think of it off the top what of my head. What about favorite snack? Did you tell me that? I don't know if I did. So wait, what are you going to tell me? I have to think about it. I wasn't going to tell you anything. Oh, no. I want to be in on it. Okay. I, I want to do it. Deal. Then we yeah. will make that a future topic for sure. You and I need to come up with questions for each other. Your favorite X, favorite Y. That would be really good. Well, I, I like I said, I do feel hev- I, I have heavy feelings about this, but I need time to think about yep. it because yes. 100%. I do have an F, an X and a Y that I want to talk yep. to you about. We can do that. And by the way, for anybody who does check out that episode 35 on Whiff Punish, it, a huge part of it, we talk about uh, Doom, the entire franchise. And one thing I didn't get to talk about on that episode is I recently started reading the book Masters of Doom, and it's like changing my life. So I just want to throw that out there. But anyways, the last update was if you have not checked out Craft um, Head's uh, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash craftheads podcast in a while. If you're a listener, uh, there's one of two things or two things totally that you can do that we would be eternally grateful for. The first one's really easy and it's free. Go on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone and smash in a quick five-star rating. Incredibly helpful, helps us when people are searching, blah, blah, blah. That would be really awesome. And then wipe your hands and be done with it. If you want to go above and beyond, patreon.com slash craftheads podcast you can support us we have three different support tiers there's various things that you get for um all the different support tiers uh in including the cheapest one at one dollar a month you get to join our official discord and we've got a lot of people in it already it's really awesome we've got a couple of different channels one of them's for general bullshittery one of them's for a virtual happy hour and uh, i actually started another one kind of out of nowhere just like talking stocks and crypto and it's actually the most active Mm -hmm. channel on there so matic 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 um, so it's really cool. Um, check that out if you're interested. Uh, as usual, uh, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, uh, craftheadspodcast at gmail.com. And um, the last thing I wanted to tell you is, you know, people still need masks. We're probably going to need masks for a while. And I have a special on there right now on our Patreon. If you if you like some of the pictures that you've seen uh, with our Craftheads podcast masks, they are available to anybody at any time for $15 shipped to your door. That includes shipping. Just contact us, email us, and I'll get you one. Or if you become a patron, the price becomes $10. We're losing money on those, by the way. I just I think they're amazing masks, and I, I'm honored if you want to wear one at that price. Swear to God, it's my favorite mask since COVID hit. Same, same. It's, it's the only one I wear now. So it becomes $10 and whatever level you pledge, let's say you pledge the $3 level, it becomes $7. So if you become a $3 uh, patron and you send us $7, there's a hundred different ways we can do that. I will ship to your door one of the Craft Heads podcast masks. And again, they're super awesome. So um, that's about it. And funny enough, Tommy, as we are recording here on April 29th, I need to get a I was planning on getting an update out on on our Patreon that goes out to all of our our, uh, supporters. It's an email that goes out. I posted on April 30th, 2020, everything is fine. And 
I'm going to send out another one that says everything is still fine. <laughs> so <laughs> keep your keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled for that. And um, as always, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for supporting and uh, and hanging out with me and Tommy. Hey, Alex, it was a lot of fun coming back on the mic with you. Um, can't wait to do a more targeted episode yes. sometime soon, but we needed to catch up to talk about some of the things that have been happening. And uh, appreciate all you loyal listeners out there. Thanks again, and we look forward to speaking with you next time. Right on. Peace, everybody. Thank you.